figure out your resources to determine what your profit margins are, your revenues, your cost of goods sold. On a local level, it's great to know it on a national, but in, in what I do for a living, like you and I, Brad, will never be in competition. Mm-hmm. And even the folks here in town, you know, Morgan from Construction to Style is a mutual friend. We are not in competition. Um, we very much could be in competition, but we support one another and we collaborate, which is different. But I did a lot of work early on to figure out, um, you know, pull statistics through a local re- data to figure out what general, you know, design build or construction or remodeling companies were reporting on their tax returns. For I couldn't see who the businesses were, so this library was able to compile a lot of these statistics for us. And it's for small business owners to sort of launch a business. Welcome to episode 155 of the AFT Construction Podcast. And today we welcome Katie Kath, who's a partner at JCath Design Build in Minnesota. And JCath does their own interior design. They do their own construction. They've also had their own cabinetry line. Uh, and that's how they got started in the business. And the background, Katie's been in the restaurant industry and now in the construction industry. And they just launched their own vanity collection where they're selling retail vanities from their amazing designs to the public. And we dive into just the complexity of business, running these three operations and now a fourth, and how they play a role together and how they work you know, collectively, but also the difficulty between all of them. And we dive down employee retention and systems and processes and what we can do as business owners to create a great culture, a great brand, a great product. So without further ado, let's get started. This past May, we had an amazing Contractor Coalition Summit. This was in Nashville with Nick. Schiffer from Menace Builders and Morgan Molitor from Construction to Style out of Minnesota. And we are now up for our second round of the Contractor Coalition Summit that'll be in Huntington Beach from Sunday, November 6th through Wednesday, November 9th. Go to ContractorCoalitionSummit.com, sign up, register. We have some amazing partners that'll be there sponsoring the event, amazing attendees that have already signed up. It's limited seating. We're only allowing 30 to attend. And again, this will be all things pricing, profitability, contracting, client expectations, scheduling, and of course, marketing and social media. Everything that we wish we knew in our business from the very beginning is all going to be wrapped up into just a couple of days. So we'll see you there in Huntington Beach in November. So welcome to the AFT Construction Podcast. We have Katie Kath with us. She's a partner at JCath Design in Minnesota. So welcome, Katie. Thanks for having me. It's good to have you on. You know, I was fortunate to be out there in Minnesota, BizCom last year, and I've known you and your husband for a while now, and, you know, we were able to formally spend a little bit more time in person, you know, at breakfast, you know, and at the event and stuff. And uh, you have some exciting news, too, because I wanted to bring you on. Not only you're an expert in construction, but now you decided to find some more complexity in your business as as if it's not complex enough. And now starting your own bath. Uh, vanity collection. So how's that going? Yeah, great. So today is launch day. Um, so we, we flipped the switch, I don't know, last night around dinner time and had the website go live. And I think our biggest goal today was just to have it go live without any major glitches. And I think we accomplished it. Right? All, no glitches? No glitches. All is going well. And there's some good traffic moving in and out of the site today, which is great. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's I might be getting ahead of myself, but we're, again, that was our goal was just to get it live. And then we have quite a bit of a plan, marketing plan rolled out for the rest of Q4, hopefully to set up a really successful Q1, Q2 of next year with this launch. So what, what's the idea behind it? I mean, just to give a little background, you're, you're building, right? You and your husband are building. We'll get into some of that a little bit later, but now you're starting your product line, which is 
you know, although they kind of play in the same market a little bit, they're completely different, like scopes of work and businesses that run differently. And so this is extremely complex as, you know, as if, you know, the contracting side isn't complex enough, right? Right. So our, our business was founded on the roots of custom cabinetry. My husband cut his teeth in that, in that industry years ago and had left um, his corporate job to, to basically launch into this industry. And so that was with the custom cabinetry side. And uh, quickly the renovation or the high-end remodels that we do now grew from that. And we sort of lost sight a little bit on the, the cabinet side. We've always, so we still own our own cabinet shop and we've always provided all of our own custom cabinetry for all of our client work. And then here and there, we'll even work for um, peers, you know, people within industry locally will do some const- uh, cabinet projects for them as our schedule allows. But in the last few years, it really hasn't allowed for us to do anything other than our own work. Um, and then I'm sort of jumping all over, but at one point, I'd say maybe five, six years ago, we had some things that came up with the shop, but really it pressed us and we were considering selling it and getting rid of it. I think to your point of the complexity, it felt like the renovation side was growing as gangbusters. And then we just had this weight of how to run this cabinet shop and be profitable and keep it, a, a, you know, a team in there, the craftsmen, the creative, the energy that we needed for it. And, um, I don't know, we just, this, an employee sort of fell in our lap back then that was unfortunately no longer with us today but was just exactly what we needed, somebody to come in and help run and manage that shop and take it to the place that we've been. But that also became known earlier this year that we needed to go further with it as we're getting ready to launch um, this new product line. So we have since you know, reinvented our entire team again in the shop. But Well, it's interesting because if I interrupt you, Katie, what's interesting about this is that, you know, the more I speak with business owners that are kind of in both fields, and, and before we get to the cabinet line, but, you know, they're self-performing, a scope of work, and they're acting as a general. Now, the, the advantage is you have a little bit more control, right, of supply chain and product line, especially with cabinetry. That's such a critical path moment in the build. Like, cabinetry maker breaks a schedule and deadline and quality, and there, I mean, there's just so many elements of cabinetry. But at the same time, you can almost um, cheat a little bit. And what I mean is, like, you're like, okay, I got to self-perform the cabinetry, so I'm kind of doing it at cost or at minimal because I'm moving everything to the remodel side or maybe vice versa. You know, it's going the other way. And that's where it can be a little complex trying to run both because they're both run like totally different. Yeah, completely. And you're right. I mean, we've managing that piece being that it's our own where, you know, we own that sub part of what we do. We can do a lot of things out of order right now, which we're not really proud of, but we have to in some cases. But you have to. Yeah, we have to. And it's been a huge it's it's saved us in many cases in the last few years. We've been able to, I mean, just to meet countertop measure. Um, I mean, we can we can work you know work weekends. Everyone's on overtime. We can put in just the. I mean, some of the things we do put in just you know the base cabinets, measure, take them out, go get them finished, bring them back in. I mean, it's all sorts of extra work. It's not a smart way of doing business, but in the you know the half a dozen scenarios where we've had to pull out all the stops, we definitely pull them out. Um, and I think it's really. I mean, aside from running the business piece to it, that that custom cabinetry piece has really identified our niche of who we are and what we do within our local market. And so many of our clients come to us today because of that cabinetry piece that we have and just being able to, I think, control the outcome, the craftsmanship, the local piece to it. I mean, all cabinetry is local wherever you are to some sense, but unless you're, you know, not doing custom. But that now, if we didn't have that, I mean, we've had, we've had, in, in our own bottleneck, we have said, well, we can do your run, we can do your project, but our cabinet shop can't keep up. But that's okay, because if you don't really want these cabinets, we can bring in a different cabinet shop. And it's, 
the handful of times we've tried that, our clients have said, well, no, that's why we're here. We're here for your cabinet shop. We're here for that craftsmanship. We're here for the unique cabinet design um, that you bring to construction and our tagline. The things all over our website say that everything is down to an eighth of an inch, and we're really rooted mm-hmm. in the foundation of the cabinet design is really how we have um, grown our renovation businesses on the principles of what it takes to run a cabinet shop and the, the level of detail um, to a fault. I mean, sometimes it's like you can't unsee it. You walk into a, a project and it's just like, oh, my gosh. Will the <laughs> so do you see that? It or is it just us? <laughs> yeah. So do you see that changing now? Because now that you have your own product line, right, that you're yeah. selling, you know, do you see that changing client demand for the remodel side to sell perform? Is it going to enhance it or stabilize it a little bit more? Yeah, we're hoping the product line serves maybe a different market than our renovation clients, which really are only, depending on the size, maybe it's 8 to 12 clients a year that we do on the the big renovation side. We'd still love to be able to develop any custom vanity, for sure kitchen cabinetry, dinettes, mudrooms, unique standalone pieces of furniture that are really unique to their home and their project. So the vanity line is some sort of a combination between the two. And then, of course, if the project grows or we're doing more, you know, in a lot of these homes, we might be doing three, four, five bathrooms. Um, can we then, that would be a really great opportunity for us to grab a few things from the vanity collection and maybe plop them into a few of the different spaces, kids' bathrooms, um, potentially powder room, basement bathrooms. I imagine the primary suite, these vanities are definitely primary suite qualified. I mean, they are, they're handcrafted, they're all vanities we've used in primary suites, but I imagine in our current client work, just to preserve that relationship and that partnership to work together, we'll start from scratch and create something really new and cool that hasn't been installed somewhere else. So you're pretty involved with the designs as well, right, in the projects that you do? Yes. So, again, another arm here. So, you're, you know, you're, you're doing cabinetry, you're doing design, you're doing the construction, you know, wearing all those hats... You know, and now I would imagine that that side's complex, but it's helped you now as you start to think about trends and product line and creating a vanity to write for sale to the end user. Yeah, exactly. So those, you nailed it. Those are the three services we provide. Design, sometimes design only, which we're not actually following through on the build or renovation side. We do a lot of design only for new construction. The cabinet piece, cabinet design, cabinet only um, projects which are opening that up a little bit more as our we're getting caught up in our shop and then of course the renovation side so they're all intertwined I mean we're you know our clients that we end up going into contract with we feel you know we feel like they're really getting all a huge I don't know I mean it's, it's kind of like a bang for the buck yeah, value. it's all in one house and we're, we're advocating for them for them and from a lot of different perspectives so we're to, you know, now as you come down, okay, this is a total separate company, right? Because you're operating, you launched this today, we're live. You know, as you're thinking about the process to start your own line, were there complexities in going down this road? Because you have to start thinking about, which I'm, I know you've done, are you selling business to business? Like, are you selling to other builders and developers and designers? Are you selling to the end consumer, you know, B2C? You know, how does it work? Are you doing a little bit of both? I think it's going to be a little bit of both. You know, initially, the um, the inquiries have come from the consumer. So it's through social media, it's Instagram, Pinterest. Um, the inquiries have been coming in for years since we really launched into those mar- the, the, market, the digital marketing space of who made the vanity and how can we get it. Um, but we've always just, you know, and every once in a while we'll bite and say, well, what are you interested in? What's your budget? Where do you live? And then we put together some numbers and it's usually no one responds. Like, oh, I'm not spending four or $5,000 for a vanity. So then we figured, um, well, once we, once sort of the pandemic hit and we, 
people couldn't get vanities. That inquiry just went crazy. I mean, we were getting them daily, if not multiple times within a day of different people looking for custom cabinetry work. And a lot of people are local, but maybe not to the point where we'd still be able to install or maybe we could. There was, so there were still some complications in it, but um, as it evolved, I think it's become a little more B2B just as we've gone through some pricing scenarios. We hired a consultant to really figure out because I've, I've, I'm, not, I'm not in retail. I am now. <laughs> as of today, I'm in retail. Mm-hmm. Prior to today, I was not in retail. So we, really, we brought in an expert to help us really understand the different paths of revenue. But we aren't, we're not including um, right now countertops, plumbing, or cabinet hardware. So really, it's probably more of a B2B. However, I think we all know the end user on Instagram, if we just use that for example, they're savvy. I mean, they, they know how to find remnant countertops, or they want to, or everybody kind of wants to pick out their own hardware. It's the fun part. I mean, it's a, I think we are talking a little bit of a DIY client that's just doing a bathroom renovation. They don't have a cabinet team. So there's a lot of people that say it could really be both. Um, but Brad, I don't, I have no idea. I think we'll find out. I, mean, really, <laughs> I know we just launched today, right? Yeah, so. I don't know. I mean, I'll, I'll tell you, I'll, I'll know more hopefully this time next year, but um, we're hoping we're going to, well, we tried to price it. We're hoping to hit both markets. I do think though, if we really want to continue to be successful in the B2B, we will need to come up with some sort of a strategy with a trade discount or some other way to get into, you know, the designer and architects um, inbox. So we're working. Well, it's interesting. Yeah, because I've had like Emily and Dan Clark on and they, you know, very similar to you where they're they're doing a lot of design, right? They're doing a lot of the building themselves, very similar to your operation. And, you know, they get the same thing, a ton of inquiries. So they're like, hey, let's go on. You know, we could build at least for, you know, if we're not hired just to design someone, we're not going to release all, the, you know, their product and colors and everything else. But on the stuff we're doing, you know, spec builds and, you know, self-designing, we can say, hey, you can buy this package. Like, you can, if you love this pantry, then you will, you can have the cabinet stain color, the flooring spec, the lighting spec, you know, wallpaper, whatever, here's everything you buy it, quick transaction done. And essentially Katie, that's what you're looking at is that you have these amazing designs, right? You have this amazing execution, this amazing product already. And then people are saying, well, I want that. I like what Katie's doing, right? Mm-hmm. Jake Ath is doing so. And now it's just another way where you can say, okay, perfect. You can just buy this vanity. Here you go. Here's the location, you know, and, and let them have at it. Yeah, exactly. So hopefully it's it's a brand that's exactly it. We're hoping to get our brand expanded into people's homes without having to go through, I don't know, the, the, the all-in custom route. Uh, and we're happy to, if we haven't hit it with our website or the offerings online, if people are looking for a version of what we offered, but maybe plus or minus a few inches, that was another hard piece. You know, we had a design. We only launched 24 um, five different venues with 24. Only 24? Only 24. That's a lot. <laughs> I think we had close to 50 um, in the early you know, the early stages of this. And we just thought of all we wanted to meet everyone's needs. And then as it just became really complicated to get to the launch date, we said, what if we just cut it in half and then we can always grow and add um, additional options? Or really, ideally, I'd love to be able to remove something that's not working and maybe use our audience through social or some other avenue to help design or maybe, you know, vote on a favorite or maybe come up with naming a new vanity. I mean, there's just so many opportunities, I think, to keep us relevant from a marketing standpoint, which, again, if we're talking to people here in the industry, I mean, it's just another way for us to be interesting and to have a reason to get into inboxes and be it a vanity or not. It's a conversation that we're having. Uh, you know, I think a lot about our counterparts who open shops online and they're, you know, doing pillows and housewares and some of the other cool things that they're um, doing to expand their brand. I feel like it's sort of the same intent. It's, 
You know, no one's going to retire off selling pillows, maybe, but is it just another way to have a conversation about their brand, getting their brand in people's homes, but just getting more awareness, more presence online? Okay, so you were just talking about, you know, from a marketing standpoint. Yeah, it's just yeah, just another, um, you know, avenue to stay relevant, continue to have a conversation online about who we are, our brand, creating traffic back to our website, creating a brand, right? It's a brand, so maybe... The next homeowner who lives in our bat, you know, in our neighborhood that wants to do a half a million or million dollar renovation, we've just, I don't know, we feel maybe even more relevant now that we've got this national product line. Uh, a lot of our clients, you know, we aren't in a pricing war as like we used to be. When we were trying to get our feet wet and get our name, a name made for us within our community. It was just constantly bidding against we're one of three, you know, builders, so to speak, right, providing a bid. And I, I feel as if we've evolved now where people are hiring us for the brand and the quality of work that we've established within our community. Pricing, of course, matters. It always will. Um, but it feels a little different now. And that was always been a huge goal. So of you mentioned as well as you're thinking about the product line, okay, we have to figure out passive revenue and we could get into some of the specifics there, not the revenue side, but just as building this operation. But you mentioned you had an expert come in, right? That's consulting you through this. Like, how did you find this mentor consultant, the expert to come in and say, okay, this is how we do it. This is how you operate in this space. So she was in front of me the whole time. And I find that that happens a lot. It's people we already know. And an opportunity came where she sort of launched out and started doing her own consulting. And I've known her for years. I also knew that the very first time I met her, she reminded me of a younger version of myself. And just I don't just and she doesn't necessarily have a specific um, doesn't specialize in uh she does have a retail background, but this project management is probably a little bit more for specialty. So I, I just came to her and was venting and said, I've, I've got this goal. It's been dragging on and I'm, my team, they're in it, but they're busy. I can't get them out of the field or away from the shop or to put their tools down to get in, you know, to get into the meat of what we're doing and make edits and reviews. So, um, I, in budget or not, I knew that this was part of the investment I needed to make and it would be better for me to spend my time on the vision and less on the day the day to day decisions that needed to happen, which I wouldn't do it any other way. So forward. how do you you know the back end support and this really where it can get complicated, you know, as you as you mentioned, you have a website that's launching, you know, there's payments going through the website, you're tracking inventory, production, you know, there's a whole back end side that's outside of, as you mentioned, your specialty, Katie, that is, you know, designing and quality and cabinetry, but now you have the operational side. You know, how has that been? I know it's day one here, but, you know, setting up that aspect, okay, make sure our back end's up and running, and then now we just have to perform and, and produce. So similarly, the consultant that I hired, we, we put her on retainer for the end of the year to essentially manage all of that for us and train our team. Uh, there's a few people that are support within our office to help them understand the ordering process. We'll see where it goes, so in the new year, or beyond or sooner if this takes off at a level we didn't anticipate that's just another position we need to hire and fulfill within our company but I personally do not plan to manage uh, you know all of the, the the things that come in the questions the Q&A um, I will for a little while just as I'm closest to it but again we're creating a system that we can hand off to one or two people within our company to just manage from into your point our offices are very divided so I'm in the design space but I am we are attached to our cabinet shop right now so, I mean, even just, we can get it all buttoned up here, but then how are we conveying to the team 
And they're, they're, I mean, I might be a creative, but they're especially creative over there. I mean, they don't even take time to sit down and look at a computer. Um, so how do we, how do we create a process and how do we do it um, digitally really is the goal so we can get everyone, you know, we've got an engineer that helps run our shop too. So he'll be critical in the communication piece and the process and um, just figuring out when those orders come in and the queue and make sure we're managing our currently stated lead time of four to six weeks. That's great. That lead time's amazing. It's much better than what we're getting elsewhere. So I know. know. Yeah. I mean, we, of course, volume will will shift, right? If, if, and you know, dozens of orders come in, I mean, we'll manage that on a, on an order by order basis, but that lead time, that's what it is today. And then, you know, as we, you know, head into the new year, that might change a little bit. So I know I may be premature asking this question, but of course you have, you mentioned that, okay, we, we plan to have around 50-ish, right, for vanities at some point. Now we have 24, you know, and they're great designs. Do you plan on expanding this market or is it kind of a wait and see approach, you know, as you start thinking about other, you know, mudroom pieces or special furniture pieces, you know, maybe kitchen potentially, you know, kind of where are you looking at scaling or saying, hey, let's just plan our space and, you know, know that we can be really competitive here? So we're not done. I had a phone call this morning. I won't say with who, but we are very in very serious conversation to expand the hardware component. So I don't think so much on the cabinet side, um, but evolving that actual vanity. So adding hardware. So if we can... Um, Two things. Can we just sell the hardware as a la carte to go with? Or, I'm sorry, a la carte. People can buy the hardware. And that can serve all of our cabinet work, right? Kitchen cabinets, mudroom, anything else. People could also come to our website and purchase hardware if all they want is hardware. But they've at least seen an install. They can come to our, our feed and see an install of that hardware and a variety of projects. Um, but more importantly, can we have that hardware as an add-on to the vanity? And then our team would pre-drill and put the hardware on. Which, you know, I guess, you know, if there's a false panel situation, it's it, it gets complicated if you don't have a builder or, a you know, a cabinet team handling that for you. So the hardware piece is next. And I would say I'd love to have that available in the very first part of the new year. But I know how long it took to get here. So maybe a year from now, if not sooner, we'd love to be able to add hardware. And then maybe I'm open to countertops. We've got a great relationship with some um, great countertop um, brands and within the community. So there might be a conversation to be had if that, you know, but I think we'll, I think those bigger pieces will wait to see if that's an ask and if that's something that we need, you know, I think just if, again, if we're B2B, the designers might prefer to continue to make those selections. Um, but if we become more B2C, then it might, and it could be an optional, it could be with countertop, without countertop, so all sorts of customization. And we're, we're here for that growth for sure. Beyond vanities, uh, we haven't even talked about it. <laughs> Which is probably a good idea, and especially with the hardware side and getting the vanity side up and running. You know, because as you mentioned, I mean, it's, you know, what, what's going through my head as you're talking about this, like the, the complexity of running business, right? There's so much to it. You understand, you know, employees and hiring and clients. And, you know, before we start recording, we're talking off air, just, you know, we're trying to hit these dates for clients. It's it's so volatile, right? It's 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 moving. It's very fluid with supply chain product. I mean, we're, we're at the mercy of so many different people. There's a million components in these houses and not everything's ready, readily available, right? So you and I are just doing this firsthand. But now you're opening up this channel. So I'm thinking, okay, you know, it, it's one thing to get the website up and running. It's another thing to get production, right? And design, which essentially you have because you know this business, but then you have like the customer service support, right? And shipping and freight and making sure everything aligns, right? And if the 
customer has a question, you know, you know, the, the phone number to call. And so it's all these channels as well. I mean, I know it's just day one and you haven't had to go down that road, but eventually, you know, you're going to, you know, as business expands, you know, that's another element, right. That you get to add to your plate because you're not busy enough. Right, Katie. So. I know. And I think you're looking at customer service <laughs> right now. I'm going to put that hat on. Uh, but I will, my, you know, my husband and I, we will, until we figure it out, right. That's how we've always been. We will, we will take the emails. We will take the phone calls. We'll make it right. Um, until we can't, and then we'll bring in that support person to help manage. Um, but yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, that's, it's scary. Those are the, the biggest reasons why it's taken us this long to launch. I think for a long time we said, well, it's not worth it. We, you know, we don't want to ship, then it's damaged. We can't go inside to do a final field measure. All of the things that we've built our brand on, which is that our tagline is live in the details. We're losing a little bit of that by, you know, being willing and vulnerable enough to make a product and wrap it up, create it and put it on a truck. Um, so we're, it's, it's, it feels vulnerable. It feels a little scary. Um, so I can't, I can't tell you for sure that we, you know, that th- this won't be a failure. No. I mean, right. If, if that's all this becomes is a complaint scenario, which I think is very real in today's market, then I don't know, maybe that's, maybe that's not where our bread and butter is, but we think we feel really hopeful that the volume will help support, right. The the very few, hopefully occasional times that we need to troubleshoot the, the quality. Yeah, stuff. most definitely. I mean, that, I it's part of any business, right? There's going to, cause, cause it, just like anybody, you know, it's a general contractor, you know, running a remodel or a new build. I mean, we're not doing everything ourselves. Like, and so you're, you're banking on, you know, a good team behind you. Same as you freight, you can have anything perfect QC'd shipped out and then who knows, right? As <laughs> it gets in the user. But, but outside of that, what's interesting is, I know from your side, Katie, as you mentioned, like the process, right? And you, you said the process, the organization. I have engineers are very technical. You know, we're right by our academy shop. We're going to lay this out. Understanding and running this operation, how does that change your focus on the build side? And what I mean is so many times in building, we may not have the processes. We may not have the details. We may not have the structure. You know how to run it, right? Your husband may know how to do it. But, you know, as, as that telephone game goes down the line, you know, that process is really key, especially running a furniture company as opposed to, you know, just a general contracting company. Well, that's been a huge struggle for us this year and that, you know, we don't need to transition there now, but that goes back to a staffing issue and retaining the right team members that are here for the process. Um, I'm super passionate about a process because I, as much as I love what I'm doing, I want everybody on my team to be able to do what I'm doing and then some, actually. I don't want to be the only person in the house that knows how to, um, you know, sell a client, meet a client, help with some bidding, put all the, con- you know, do all of the pre-construction, all the design work, all the follow-up, the reselects. I want every single person on my team to have a very specific role to be able to do that just as well and even better than I can. As a matter of fact, there's a number of skill, number of skill sets that I don't have. I don't have... Um, the technical drawing training. I don't. I can't touch CAD or SketchUp. I can't do any chief architect. I can't do any of the software. Um, and I made a decision a few years ago. We had gotten to the point where we had outsourced all of that and we really needed to bring it in-house. And so it was either me, hire it in, or continue to outsource. Um, and that really just sort of began the immediate growth of our team. And we grew pretty quickly once we started add or adding more and more people, both in front of house and back of house. I come from a hospitality industry, so we're front of house, back of house. But, um, but that process piece is super critical. And I feel as if every Monday when we have our team meetings, we're continue to change it. And I think, and it not, not 
good or bad. It's just there's, it needs to be tweaked all the time. And it's always based on what did we learn last week? Where did we fall short? What co- hard conversation did we have to have? And how can we weave that into our process? Either maybe we're just putting it on the table and talking about it and being aware of it. It doesn't necessarily drive change. Or sometimes it's say, you know, I think we can actually make a really quick t- tweak and a spreadsheet or how we're exporting something or sharing with clients or how as a team we're communicating. Um, you know, we use a project management software too for just internal communication. We've gotten really clear on how, you know, we're big fans of Builder Trend as well, how we use Builder Trend external versus internal. So we've created sort of a tree of processes and sort of, you know, if you have a situation, where do you go? Okay, you go over, you know, you, you, you go to this funnel, and then if this comes up, then where do you go? So we sort of try to funnel out our problems, if you will, as best as possible so we can all get to the same end point of here's how we solve it or here's who we go to to problem solve. I mean, this is what we do every day. I say we get up, and when we're interviewing people, I tell people it looks pretty online, and it is really fun, and it is a very rewarding industry, and I wouldn't change it for the world. But what we do every single day is solve problems what we do we get up every day and we have to solve a problem and that's hard I mean you're having hard conversations you're disappointing people you're not meeting expectations you're not who you lived up to be online um, that's a yeah how's one. that gone because I've gotten that <laughs> yeah or you know I, I so my biggest fear now too with the vanity line is that our clients might see or potential clients might see that I'm distracted right. mm-hmm um, I didn't respond to certain emails maybe quick enough because, oh, clearly Katie's been distracted with launching. And and our current clients are so amazing. I can't imagine any of them would feel that way. But it's a little bit of PTSD from feedback you've gotten from clients in the past where it's like it just never leaves you that, um, you know, I don't know. But I always like to think, too, like, gosh, if we had only all had one client or one house you were building or one house you were modeling, um, we wouldn't, I mean, we wouldn't be in business. We wouldn't be doing the work we're doing if we only had one client at a time. Well, it's that same, if I interrupt you, Katie, I mean, it's that same analogy. And, you know, the way I heard it is like, are you running a table at the restaurant or are you running the restaurant? And, and you know, from the restaurant business, I mean, we could speak about your history coming into this, but, you know, if I go into, I have to understand that the waiter or waitress that I may have, they're serving other tables, there's other people, but because of that, I'm getting good value, good food, ideally, right, if I'm at the right place. But I'm paying, you know, 20% tip, 25% tip. I'm not paying the cost for the entire, if I'm running out the entire movie theater or the entire restaurant, that's a totally different cost for the food, the operation, everything involved. Same thing that, you know, it's really important that we set those expectations. And I've had that where clients like, we kind of sat down at the end and they're like, Brad, and uh, thankfully, I mean, it's the only time it's happened, but it was pretty defeating, right? That day where they're sitting down like, oh, you know, we, we anticipated this going this way. And, you know, through that conversation, I could see just the breakdown of communication with my team and the client. Some, some mistakes we made, but also some unrealistic expectations from the client side that I'm like, okay, well, how do I evolve? How do I combat this in the future, you know, internally and externally with our clients to set a clear expectations? Because so many times like this is where the breakdown is. We're just not clear with them or I'm not. And, you know, I'm kind of a optimistic skies rosy kind of guy anyways, when I'm selling the job and what we can do. And, you know, I have to be careful that we can actually perform what I say we're going to do. Yeah. Oh, 100%. And the communication piece is huge right now. And I continue to you know encourage and coach our team that and even with clients, right, before they even sign contract, I'm very, very um, transparent with them and stating, 
you know, it's going to be messy. We're going to make some mistakes. You're, we're going to be your best friend and you're going to want to barbecue in your backyard and we're done one week and the next week you're going to be calling your friends think, wondering if you should have hired a different builder. Um, but hopefully that is that can all be remedied with how we're communicating any delays or setbacks or, I mean, it was really, it's, unless it's our fault, right? Unless, you know, we have done something to cause a direct conflict. I mean, that's a different conversation, but a lot of it is we're just the messengers. We're just at the mercy of the availability, the lead times, the labor shortages, everything else. So, but yeah, I mean, and that's, you know, that's where we're really thankful. Not, not that this is a plug for Builder Trend. They haven't paid either one of us to do this <laughs> podcast or maybe they paid you. I don't know. They haven't paid me. But we use Builder Trend to a fault. I mean, I mean, it's like you have like our, our law, our updates to our clients and loading the images and it's saved us in so many ways to just be able to get in front of our clients when we don't have time to make a phone call or see them in person. It's huge. And and another plug for Builder Trend, what's interesting is we had a client from South, well, I, I should probably be careful where they're from, but they're from the Midwest. And uh, long story short is they had, you know, summer's hot. They don't want to be here in the summer, ideally, and we're building their house. It's an amazing project. And in May, they had planned to come out a few times, di- different points. And because of Builder Trend and because we do these Friday videos where every Friday our we have a, a group text chain. So we have our superintendent, you know, our, our um, director of operations, myself, the project coordinator, so kind of the AFT team. Then we have the designer on board, the architect, and the client. So it's kind of this group text of like 10, 10-ish people. So every Friday, they go through and they do this video, you know, minute long, two minutes long, just here's what was done, here's what's upcoming, you know, next three week look ahead super casual they don't have to do this selfie where they're holding up but they just walk through and give them a video tour and our clients like brad because those videos and like build a trend i'm not coming out to october so i mean they didn't come out for five months because they could see the operation and that's where you know it's really assisted us just technology and information to say hey here's what's happening and then just be in front of it for the client it's been really and, and so now we've taken that same strategy with like every project we do yeah it's so smart for those of you that have listened to the podcast, you know how big of a fan we are of Build-A-Trend and that we have used this software for the last four years. And many of the guests that we brought on the podcast are also Build-A-Trend users. And in this day and age, with as busy as all of us are in construction, as complicated as it is with escalation pricing, lead times, tracking, organization, all of us need a good project management software to help simplify and organize our business. And there are a couple features that we love a ton about Build-A-Trend. And one is the owner portal. The other is the daily logs. And these are features that we use daily, right? Half of my clients are out of state. And as an owner, it is so imperative how we communicate with our clients, with our team, with our customers. And through Build-A-Trend, this allows us that quick connection. They can check at any time. We can communicate with them. We're up to date. This has actually helped us win jobs, win projects because of that organization, especially at pre-construction. And Build-A-Trend also offers a ton of service on the back end, training and understanding and workshops, you know, to help us use our software effectively. They also have the podcast, The Building Code. To learn more, head to buildertrend.com backslash AFT to get a 60-day money-back guarantee on your Build-A-Trend account. That's 60 days to make sure you love this product with no pressure, and I know you will. This episode is brought to you by Pella Windows. When it comes to building homes at AFT, almost every project has Pella Windows. And they've been just an incredible partner of ours. And locally, Sammy and Adam, they are not only amazing business partners behind us, but they are super close friends. And I speak on the podcast all the time about the importance of relationships, right? Relations with our customers, with our vendors, with our suppliers. Because at the end of the day, I'm only as good as those that help our brand and assist us in our projects to, to take it from the ground up all the way to completion. 
And if we didn't have partners such as Pella, there's no way we'd be who we are today. Over the years, we've built this amazing relationship. When we call them or email them, they respond. They're quick. Their they're company culture, their integrity, their honesty, you know, they are always there to do what's right for us and the customer. They can do anything from small replacement projects to large custom homes and even multi-million dollar commercial projects. And also, when you think about their product line, they can do ultra contemporary, historical preservation, and large traditional projects. So for anyone, any scale, any size, they're the ones to call. They're here local. You know, they have an amazing Instagram. Make sure and give them a follow to see what they're doing. So if you need windows and doors, give Sammy and Adam a call. We stand behind Pella. We love what they do, their culture, their brand, and especially their quality. And if you want to learn more about Pella Windows, check our show notes. We'll have everything tagged there so you can give them a follow and have their contact information to reach out. Right. So let me let me ask you this though, Katie, because um, th- going back to the expectation side, and we we're kind of alluding to this. I mean, some you know some clients can be more challenging than others for a lot of reasons, and maybe it's just you and I are still trying to figure this business out as we are. Um, but I, I was sitting down in a, a business development, is like you know interviewing for the project, and it's the first time I ever been asked. The client's like. You know, Brad, this sounds great. You know, you process and build a trend and whatever, you know, like everything you're doing and architects, designers, okay, that's fine. What what should I know? Like, what is there going to be a time I don't like you? Like, what, when are things going to go sideways? Like, what should I expect? What's going to be difficult for me? And it was interesting because it kind of put me on the spot. I wasn't really prepared for them to ask, like, that aspect. Like, where would they inhibit the progress of the project or where would I be inhibiting the progress, right? And it made me reflect, you know, in one of my comments, and I've since refined this because I have a lot of answers to this. You know, we have this emotional roller coaster document that I've shared with others, you know, that we give to our clients in the sales process. Uh, you know, I talked to them that, hey, you got to feed the meter. I'm not a bank. Like, I really need you to prompt pay. That'll allow me to pay and get product and got to feed this thing, right? And so there's a lot of things I can set. Like, have you ever been asked that, or how would you answer that based on your experience where? You know, clients asking you, okay, Katie, everything seems great to hire JCAF Design, but where are things going to go wrong, especially right now in this market? So I don't know if a client has ever asked that in the onset, um, but I think our biggest challenge is that a lot of what we do, we don't always know until because in the renovation side, um, I won't say it's harder than your job. No, they're hard. I do some renovations. They're really hard because you just. But it's a different level of complication, right? And we're in homes. So we're here in some historic parts of the Twin Cities. We're in homes that are now aging well over 100 years old. Um, you know, there, and we don't have, I mean, we're, we get excited if we can go into a house and have sheetrock in it. Like, what's sheetrock? <laughs> Give us some sheetrock. We can do this. Um, so I think for us are as much pre-planning as we do, especially on the design side, some of the things just have to be put on hold until we can get into discovery. And then in that discovery phase, it can get really challenging to get clients to make decisions, see it the way we were describing it to them. It's just that communication process. And then, you know, now in the meantime, Instagram is inserted again and house and Pinterest boards are back in their feed. So now they've got all these new exciting ideas, which are beautiful, but it's a lot of that start stop. Um, and then a lot of having to reset expectations of we can do that, but we need to stop construction. And nowadays, when we stop construction, I mean, we had a, um, an unfortunate situation where we installed beautiful stone tile in a project and the client didn't like it, which is fine. Um, but gone are the days of taking out the tile, selecting a new one and putting in the new tile as soon as you get it. I mean, our tile sub left. He went on to other yeah. work. 
And we lost him for weeks. And then at that point, we have other people we can bring in, but still there, everyone's booked out. We, they didn't have this project on their calendar to begin with. So we lost a lot. I mean, we lost weeks of time. And without the tile in, we couldn't get our cabinets in. We couldn't measure for countertops. I mean, and this was just one bathroom and a whole house renovation, but the whole thing had to go on hold, right? I mean, we're not going to install all the other cabinets and measure for countertops. And I mean, so we wanted to do it all at once. And um, so that's that start-stop conversation that I would really love to have with people up front. And we have in our contract a deadline of when all decisions need to be made um, in order for us to keep to stay as best as we can on to the schedule that we've presented to the clients at contract. Um, we're not, I mean, we don't review that deadline and we don't typically have to bring it out and reference it to clients. But we've definitely had situations where we have had to say, um, you know, you are definitely holding this up. Um so yeah, I'm trying to remember if that was your Yeah, it was. Question. I mean, I really to a, that point. I mean, the start and stop. No, that that's a good example, Katie, because I think as builders, right, which essentially we're discussing right now and designers is that you know, where we do have to be careful with the client is it, a couple things. We don't want to spend their money for them and we don't want to make financial decisions for them. Like where I've you know, early in my career I saw this where the client, you know, again, to your example, you know they're stopping the train. This train's moving. We have a day, we're trying to hit the schedule, and they're like, they come and see the house, and I'm like, we want to add this massive window here. We want to optimize these views. And my superintendent's like, you don't want to do that. It's going to cost this, and it's going to do this. And the client just told them, don't tell me what I want to do with my time or money. And it was like, okay. So, you know, as builders, we have to understand that there's a delicate approach that it's really important that we communicate, hey, this train's moving. However, we're happy to do whatever you want. You're a client. We want you to be happy. This is a big decision it's better make this now than later like let's think through this here's cause and effect right we can do this change it's going to be x dollars it's going to cost this time frame and you let them decide say here's what it's going to be but it's really important that you and i understand that the days are gone where i can just rip out this wall and have a window here i know that i've been having this window for like eight months right now how things are going so i have to you know i have to understand the context of what's happening in the current economy and climate and convey that and then let the owner make the decision because now they're empowered to do so and it's their baby and you know we just have to figure it out from there yeah no exactly i mean you're absolutely right it's it's just different right now so let me ask you this because you alluded to this i think what we're all dealing with is you think about like employee retention and hiring and <laughs> company culture and it's a really tough business i think it's really hard for even some of our employees to understand what they're up against. You know, everything looks great on Instagram. I follow Jay Kath and everything's perfect. Designs are amazing, mm -hmm. quality's perfect. You know, it looks like there's no issues behind the scenes, but we all know the complexity of dealing with subs and suppliers and clients. I mean, it can wear, you know, how have you looked at strategizing, you know, with your in-house team to keep morale up, you know, keep them motivated mm -hmm. and, and again, keep that one happy family going at work? Well, it's big and small. I mean, it's small. And then I look at our, our project coordinator. She does a lot, some admin things for us, too. And I have just said to her this summer, I need you to go to the grocery store <laughs> and make sure that we have a plethora of food and snacks and water. We can't ever run out of toilet paper. Whatever it is that we need, just the basics. So that, I mean, it, we never used to think about that. I mean, and somebody would maybe throw a text like, hey, that office is out of toilet paper. Someone grab it, grab, pick it up on the way. But I even feel like that now. It's like we can't impose like we used to. So I mean, even though we're a small business, um, so just I don't know, taking that next level and having every time we have a staff meeting, um, you know, is it going around taking a Starbucks order for everybody and bring it in? And so just like small culture pieces, 
we have like we had a company picnic this summer where we invited everybody into our backyard and we had a huge catered event and just you know no work just get to know you icebreaker questions um you know we're um get have everyone's picking out a new pair of you know work boots right now online that we're getting for the team it, it, just little things to hopefully you know maybe every quarter or every ever the month we're just doing small nuggets that are low impact to our bottom line but hopefully big impact when it, when it becomes to, when it comes to culture um, on a bigger scale it goes it, everything for me goes back to the process and any new hire that we bring on the team if they cannot identify and get on board and either contribute even make change to a process they will not be successful period and if they don't like the process i'm very clear about that too it this might not be the process we're still a growing company we're scaling we're learning we're evolving but then bring to the table what you think would work and let's talk about it let's figure out something that works for everybody and our i believe our turnover that we've experienced this year has been solely based on process and uh, us maybe not identifying within certain employees that they were ready for that type of process because I think what we do is hard to we attract the design side sort of the back of the house is, is di- a different animal um, easier I think to keep satisfied and bought into the company and our design team is very excited our cabinet team everyone sort of bought into it the field side is what's really challenging for us um, but I also think they're not around for the cookies and the soda and the unlimited toilet paper. They're just not. They're out in the field all the time. So we have to figure out a different way to cater to their needs a little bit. And is it, you know, take the company card and, you know, grab your, you know, whatever. Grab, I know one one of our old employees couldn't make a company dinner, a holiday dinner. And we said, and sick kid, and we said, you know what, take the company card and take your wife out to dinner. You've got awesome. a babysitter. Um, you know, go take do something for yourself anyway, because that's what this is about. Um, but yeah, anyway, so it's it's been the demise of their leaving. We had three really key employees leave us this year, and all of their similar feedback was based on their feedback to me interpreted they weren't following our process. They weren't using the tools, they weren't logging into Builder Trend. Our online, our shared drive that we use, our project management software, which is different than Builder Trend. We actually use one that's just internal communication. We just use Monday mm-hmm. boards. It's it's not that all that original. A lot of people yep. use it. Um, they weren't using it, and so their jobs got really overwhelming and probably felt very chaotic and um, complicated and probably not very rewarding. But that falls to us. So we aren't, you know, our, that goes back to our onboarding process, right? So it's like the process just begins so early on and it has to be so intentional from your very first conversation to the very first day of work. Um, and we're probably releasing them right too soon um, into the field to be on their own. That open openness know. and transparency. I mean, honestly, Katie, it's so valuable. And I can guarantee everyone listening is going to think right now about their process and their employee retention because... It, it's really hard to be open, especially, you know, right now you're just like, hey, we lost three key people and we've identified why, you know, we had either, uh, I mean, there's a lot of things. And, and the reason I can relate to this is because years ago, um, before we, you know, started to grow, I, I, I had a key employee and lost them. Same reason is that uh, said there was a lack of systems, lack of processes, right? And they didn't really understand how to be successful or what it took to run the project. In fact, let me turn the back. There's actually two, like two good people. One of them I had on left for that reason, new one we hired that I'd known, trained me out of college, you know, so I knew he was really talented, came on and lost him in a month. Like it didn't even, it was not 
didn't work. But what it came down to is the same thing is it as, you know, and I've shared this on the podcast before, but as I've spoken to like successful businesses and, you know, in these workshops, like they always say there's two things, right? If you look at these successful corporations, they say employees need two things. They need one, they need to believe in the product they're selling or performing or doing, right? Believe in the brand. And number two is they have to understand their role and how to be successful and the systems to support them, right? So if they have systems that they understand their role and then they believe in the brand, you can be successful. You know, the other incentives, as you mentioned, you know, company outings and food and, you know, pay and bonuses and healthcare and 401k. I mean, these are all great things that, yes, we all need and want, we do. But at the core of being successful as a business, you have to have systems and you have to have believe in what you're doing and believe in you. And so this is why we spent so much more time on system. Like, here's who's responsible for this. This is where the baton goes. This is your role. This is where you hand it off. You're not responsible for this, but it doesn't mean you can't help. But at least you can come in, have structure, have the resources, have the tools. And now we can get the engine turning. We can get operating. We can start going the right direction and keep this train going where it should be. Yeah. Yeah, and so we and the Monday boards have been our answer. We started that just back in January. So what are those? And what are the been, Monday boards? So it's just Monday.com. I, I know Monday.com, but when you say Monday boards, like, yeah, oh, how do you? So they're yeah. boards. I don't know why we say boards. I think we say boards because if we say Monday, it might sound like we're talking about Monday. <laughs> like, yeah. The day of the week. So if we say, let's do it, you know, put it in Monday. I think sometimes people might say, oh, well, do you actually mean in our, where do you, yeah. mean, what do you mean by using the word Monday? So we have all of our, but the boards we have, Evolved, and that's actually so we have our different projects, right? So our, we have our design boards, we have our construction boards, and we have our cabinet shop boards. And our entire team is connected. All of our processes, we've template, templated everything. So if we get a new cabinet order, whatever it might be, a new design-only client construction, and then everything is templated, so we know, you know, that twenty-step process maybe from for you know just for the sake of putting in a process that we have to do from beginning to end. From the very first, um, and I'm, I'm sort of in the beginning, I do a lot of the sales for our company still right now. Um, so I, I usually kind of take over the beginning of all of those boards, and then I'm passing them off, right? I'm tagging different people on the team. They can see they're being tagged, and then when they're done, they sort of they pass it off to the next person. And so we're doing that exact same thing of passing the baton. Um, not only are we loading all of our documents, you know, into, so we're, you know, there's a little bit of redundancy. A lot of the stuff will end up living in Builder Trend, or we still use Dropbox. I know Google is where it's at. I like I'm, Dropbox. I'm old so. Yeah, I still use Dropbox. I like Dropbox yeah. too. Maybe it's because I'm an Apple person, so like the Google Drive like messes everything up. I, yeah, it not, it's not I, ideal it not for Apple. No. Not that we're trying to plug um, so Apple. Yeah, so I'm just I'm saying cool. that's our operations. Just give no, context. Yeah. So. I'm, yeah, I'm an Apple. I'm an Apple fan too. My um, my husband unfortunately just had his work truck broken into and lost his PC. And I said, "That's it. You're done. We're getting you an Apple." <laughs> so so we it. we yeah. got the Apple delivered. Yeah, we got the Apple delivered this weekend. So he's nervous about how yeah. he's going to. But yeah. So anyway, yeah, so in the boards, it's just been really helpful to identify the process, who's up next, who's in charge of it. To your point, everyone, you know, people can weigh in and help provide solutions, but it's not necessarily their space that they need to resolve if they don't have time or the bandwidth or, or quite frankly, don't know how to contribute to that. That's fine. Um, yeah, it's it's evolved just in this just in the last eight months. Our business has evolved so much more than it has probably in the last three to four years and in terms of process. So let me ask you this because what's interesting about your story, Katie, is that you, it's not like you're in construction your entire life. Like you figured out this business 
Because if I'm not mistaken, didn't you own a restaurant previously or work in a restaurant? Yeah. So, I mean, what, what's yeah, that complexity like? Just that transition from food industry that's like really difficult, customer service savvy, to now the construction side that is also challenging. There's so many similarities. So there's something about the industries that I'm drawn to, and I don't know if it's the problem solving, if it's the high. You just like um, the really the hard pace. ones, right? Yeah. Yeah, the fast pace. Um, and then there's, you know, there's, again, it's the creative environment. I mean, in the industry, it was the chefs and I mean, that creativity piece. And there's sometimes there aren't barriers of entry into our industry and the hospitality industry, right? So like I would, I'm a good example. I switched industries. I didn't pick up any additional education or um, schooling to do what I do now. And anyway, so sometimes with a lack of a barrier of entry, just it, it invites um I don't know if I'm saying this right, but not only a very creative people, but just, I don't know, just all sorts of different personalities, really. And um, so I don't know. I went to school. I have a sociology degree, so I guess I decided I wanted to be around people and figure people out. I do love figuring people out. And so there's just, and again, it's, um, I've worked really hard just to remove myself from the day-to-day and try to be more involved. And week-to-week is you know, the tightest I want to go, but I'd love to be in sort of bigger decisions outside of week to weeks, kind of more monthly and quarterly. And I'm doing a lot of planning for 2023 right now. So, you know, any sort of the day-to-day that's happening right now, I'm just, I'm here to support the team on what they need on the day-to-day. But yeah, the, the hospitality industry, it's, it's fast pace. It's, I don't know. I mean, it's fun. Both I, you know, I miss it. I'm, it's not a fit for me anymore, but I miss um, I think that's the problem solving. I keep saying that word. It might be the buzzword that I'm using today, but <laughs> really enjoy problem solving and um, without the conflict, right? If we could just remove the conflict. So, so what are some of the similarities? I mean, having, you know, sociology, having worked in the restaurant and food business, you know, owned a restaurant and now running a construction company. Do you feel that there are similarities or things that prepared you, especially now being a business owner and now the new venture of launching your own product line? It's a great question. What's not similar is the volume, right? I mean, we were focused on the profit margin is also very different. Um, although I spent a lot of time in this industry trying to figure out what our profit margins are supposed to be. And I don't know that I have totally nailed it, but um, I, geeked out, I geeked out about it. I mean, I went down to, we have a local library here in St. Paul, the James J. Hill Library. And I... I can't recommend to anybody listening to this podcast, figure out your resources to determine what your profit margins are, your revenues, your cost of goods sold. Um, you know, on a local level, it's great to know it on a national, but in, in what I do for a living, like you and I, Brad, will never be in competition. Mm-hmm. And even the folks here in town, you know, Morgan from Construction to Styles, a mutual friend, we are not in competition. Um, we very much could be in competition, but we support one another and we collaborate, which is different. But I did a lot of work early on to figure out, um, you know, pull statistics through a local re- data to figure out what general, you know, design build or construction or remodeling companies were reporting on their tax returns. For I couldn't see who the businesses were, so this library was able to compile a lot of these statistics for us. And it's for small business owners to sort of launch a business. Anyway, so the profit margins are different. In a, in a restaurant, it was very funny. I would say, you know, if the average bill, this was years ago, was $100. You think about all the things that go into that $100 from, you know, the lights, electricity, the building roof of your head, insurance, employees, food costs, liquor costs, and the, the 
three to five percent is the profit margin in hospitality. So in all of that, and everyone's paid out, and the servers, you know, get their wages, and the cooks and dishwashers get their wages. I, as the business owner, maybe went home with three dollars, but I had to like had the liability and the stress mm-hmm. of all of those parts that went into the three dollars. So. Um, that feels very different to this industry. Um, our profit margins are much higher for, um, I think, less output. I would say, though, our um, error, room for error, is a lot less in what we do than in the hospitality industry. I think the expectations are very different. So if the soup was cold, we could just make a new bowl of soup and move on. In our industry, if the window is framed in the wrong spot, well, it's a lot more expensive. Point, we can- <laughs> We have an eight-month problem, and we may have we may have just learned that lesson not long ago. I will um, don't know, but yeah. So we had to we had to fix that and, and move the window a few inches. Um, that was thousands of dollars to do that. See, and that's the hard part is you know even you know when you're speaking about cost plus model and just you know cost, right? I mean, there's always that fine line that you know as much as I'll communicate with the client, we need to have a contingency line or you know something that you know because for example drywall. You know, I may have a bid for 50000 to do all your drywall in this entire home, but there's always going to be punch. And you can't just sit here and, like, backcharge day one or no one's ever going to come. Like, there is part of building your home. There are touch-ups and adjustments and a ding from, you know, someone walking by at the tool belt or something. I mean, this is just part of the process and communicating that, that here's what that's for. But then there's that gray area, too, right, where, as you mentioned, it's like, well, did we not manage this right? And the client's like, why is this my cost? If you didn't see this, if you didn't manage this, like, and so there's always costs that we have to eat and we have to be really careful. And this is why it's so important to your point, Katie, that we understand our cost and, you know, what is it, you know, to bring a client that lead to reality, what's that costing me for time and marketing budget? And, you know, what is my job costing and understanding, you know, what the risk I have as a builder, how much can I spend in warranty? How much could I spend and just the nuance of building this house that I can't really pin on the client that's kind of internal, you know, whether my team's learning as they go or, you know, we're making mistakes. So, And sometimes just doing right by the right. client, right? I mean, and sometimes it's all of that's out the window and you just have a really great client. Client, They played by all of your rules. They paid mm-hmm. on time. They didn't do any start stops. They're patient. They understood delays. And then in the end, you know, you, you have to go in and fix a few things and you do your walkthrough. Um, and, you know, it's probably, you know, we had, we have a situation right now where we had a couple um, sconce lights, lights hung in like drastically in the wrong place. I would say like off by 10 to 12 inches in height. And, you know, that's not just moving a light. I mean, you have to get everybody back in to move those lights and that's again that could be a few thousand dollars worth of work to get all of that done and then you know our time to manage it and manage three or four different subs that have to come back through the house but we have in builder trend our signed off electrical plan that we did that very clearly indicated the height of those sconces which is exactly where they're hung and the client signed off with their digital signature on that electrical plan so we did nothing wrong um, we even then go back to our email thread, which we have learned the email documentation is less valuable because I think there's so much correspondence through email that the clients forget or there's, well, yeah, but it didn't feel formal because we were just talking about ideas. Uh, so that's a huge lesson, by the way. I'm, I'm getting no. off track, but a couple years ago, we put every we learned every single decision lives in BuilderTrend. And if folks are listening, don't use BuilderTrend, find some other software to load, again, be it Dropbox or some other Google and have clients sign off on it. Every single thing it'll save so much headache down the road. 
Um, but these clients were our, our perfect client. We couldn't have molded a better situation, and it just felt so heart-wrenching to go back to them and say, you know, is this going to be a change of 2000 or whatever that number would be to have these moved? So we're going to move them for them, and we're not charging them. Because in the end, it'll be a referral. We'll be able to go in and have a great mar- a marketing opportunity for photographs. I mean, there's just so much more to come out of the relationship, and preserving that relationship means so much more than being right in that scenario. Now, nevertheless, they're fully aware that, you know, we are sharing the documentation just so you know this is how we got to the the height of the sconces. But, um, but I love yeah. that. And we do the same thing. And I think it's really important. This is something I learned early in my career is that those things do come up that we'll take care of her in good faith or, you know, reputation or just for good clients. Like we have some of those, you know, that we want to do good for. And what I found, too, to be successful is that it's not only important to communicate, well, here's how we got here, but we're going to take care of it. But also, here's a $0 change order that shows, like, the cost. It's going to cost you zero. Here's the credit. You know, it's just filling that emotional bank account because even if things could change maybe months down the road, hey, they, they could at least see that there's some good faith you put in, Katie. But, I mean, with, with all this said, I mean, you've ran an amazing business. You have an amazing brand on social media. You've done such a great job with that. And your designs, we're so excited about your vending line that's coming out. So outside of all the complication you're dealing with, I mean, what do you do for fun outside of all these businesses you're running? Travel. So my, our family, we love to travel. And I was just sharing with my husband the other day, our kids are, our youngest is, he'll be 14 this week. So we're close. We did leave all, and then our, we have two girls that are older than that. So we left them all alone. I don't know if I should admit <laughs> this, but the first night by themselves, we were still driving distance, but we thought this, you know, we're driving distance away. We can come back if anything happens. We're probably a few years away from comfortably leaving everybody, but then our oldest will be off at college by then. Um, but really like two years or we can come and it's go amazing. whenever we yes. want. It's like, I, it's that I never even thought about having. So traveling is always at the top of our list. Um, we, I mean, ideally, you know, f- taking like four or five, six vacations a year would be ideal. And they don't have to be big elaborate right. vacations, but maybe it's like a weekend in New York or a weekend to Chicago. That is where I we are. Um, my cup is filled. I get all of my inspiration. I unwind. All the things happen on just a quick weekend away sometimes. I love to cook. I cook for my family. Um, probably five nights wow. a week. Sunday is my favorite day to sit down and meal prep. So I, I make, you know, pull up my cookbooks. I make a grocery list. Um, my son, the one I just mentioned, he'll be 14. He's very active in that. So we'll make the list together. We go grocery shopping together every Sunday. Um, he made dinner last night for everybody. So I'm his sous That's chef. Amazing. Um, I'm a part-time sous chef or the cleaner upper, <laughs> if you will. Behind him, we had fried buttermilk chicken sandwiches last night, which That's is really nice. good. Um, and I botched that. If he listened to me say that, he'd say, Mom, they're not fried buttermilk. It's like Tennessee hot chicken something or other. But, yeah. Um, and then I, I love to knit, actually. I have learned that. I learned that probably 25, 30 years ago how to knit. And, again, that's like a textural fiber thing that I find a ton of creativity. And it translates through in some of the textiles we work with, the rugs that we select, the carpeting that we work with. Um, a lot of those textiles transfer. So I'm – We'll be on vacation near an ocean in a yarn shop, maybe buying a cookbook on my way home. <laughs> well, you painted the perfect picture there, and I know you shared your upcoming and exciting news, which launched today. Congrats on that. So where can our listeners find you? And order the new vanities. Okay, so our website is easy, jkath, jkath.com, and then our vanity collection is, there's a tab on our website for that. 
And then Instagram is a great place to follow behind the scenes and day to day, which is just jcath underscore design build. Well, that's amazing, Katie. Thank you so much for making time today. And uh, I'm super excited for your new venture. You guys are going to do awesome. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for chatting. It was fun um, catching up again. So thank you all for tuning into the podcast today. And just as a recap, if you check the show notes, they're just going to have all the links for the topics that we discuss. And also one of our favorite features now is the chapters that go through the conversation. So if there's certain topics you want to revisit or listen to, they're outlined by the time that we discuss those. And again, we can't thank you enough for all of your support. Please make sure and download our podcast, subscribe, give us a five-star rating and review wherever you download your podcast.